Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we're talking about the power of practices, how intentional practice can support our connection with ourselves and our transformation. We're going to talk about the cycle of change and how we can create the important shifts on our path of unfoldment through the introduction of new practices. In our New Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Judy Engel, who will share her expertise She is a member of the New Ventures West faculty and has three decades of experience as an executive coach, organizational development consultant, facilitator, and trainer. The mission of Interforce is to create a set of practices to use in the midst of our busy lives that will do three things. First, help us connect to ourselves and our inner force. Second, help us to have a regenerative impact on the state of our inner world. And three, provide fuel for us to bring our contribution out into the world. A foundational belief for this work is that all the answers are inside of us. Of course, we benefit from support from the outside. And yet it is the turn inwards towards ourselves that allows us to find access to the answers we seek. When we are actively attending to our inner world, we have more capacity to manifest what we want in the external world. When we attend to our inner connection, we can actually connect in more meaningful ways with others. It's all about the turn inward towards what is happening inside of me. What is the nature of my thought patterns? What am I feeling? What sensations am I experiencing? What is happening in my body that might need attention? We can actually begin to treat what's happening inside of us with respect, with great intention, and with great focus. When we can begin to treat what's happening inside of me with reverence, actually, that shift becomes a practice in and of itself. The great teacher, Jack Kornfield, says, quote, there's a kind of conversation you can have if you quiet yourself. So the first thing is to look for moments in the day and times that you can build in to come back with respect and listen to yourself. And the people who find their way to quiet themselves, they find their own inner art. Just as they learn how to cook, just as they learn how to drive, they can learn an inner art and find a practice that works for them. It requires developing some tools to reflect and to observe. It requires a knowing that our head and our body are connected in an important and pivotal way. We can know ourselves as a system that works together and it's vital not only for our individual well-being but for our collective well-being. 
that we further develop a set of practices that cultivates our inner world, no matter how busy we are. James Flaherty, who's the founder of New Ventures West and author of Coaching, Evoking Excellence in Others, talks about self-observation in this way. He says, all change begins with self-observation. To self-observe means to not become attached to or to identify with any of the content of our experience, but to watch alertly, openly, and passively. The general instruction for self-observation is to divide yourself into two people, one who acts in life and the one who watches. Later in this show, we'll speak to Judy Engel, who will help us understand more about what it means to be an observer and what kind of an observer we can start to become of ourselves. And James will be with us in a couple of weeks to talk about how we can cultivate the inner observer in the midst of our daily life. From our self-observations, we can begin to know what practices will support us. So what is a practice? From an integral coaching perspective, a practice is something we repeatedly do that can support the way of being we are wanting to step into as leaders and in our lives. Adventures West takes the stance that, quote, the purpose of a practice is to improve our competence by shifting our habits, our perceptions, and deepening our ability to be present in the midst of activity. A practice can be as simple as incorporating conscious breathing into your day. For example, taking a deep breath every time you walk through a doorway, which we do several, many, many times a day. Or you can set a reminder on your phone to interrupt what you are doing and stop to take just one conscious breath. We are actually going to talk about the power of the breath in next week's segment. An example from my own life of a practice during my years as a leader at Apple, I began to notice that my daily exercise routine of running was not necessarily supporting me to be as centered and as calm as I wanted to be and needed to be, quite frankly, as I started my day. So this is an example of me self-observing, understanding that something I was doing wasn't serving me. And so I added in and eventually switched altogether to yoga as my main form of exercise in order to help calm both my body and my mind before starting my crazy work day. Through the next series of shows, we'll be offering an invitation to step into new practices across the three main centers of our being, our head, which we will focus on today, our heart, and our body. These new practices will take the form of explorations, experiments, and inquiries that have the potential to make the unconscious conscious. We do this by engaging in something new that shines the light on what we can't see, thereby bringing our awareness to it. Now, one way we can shine a light and see ourselves more clearly is by paying attention to the thoughts we have in a new way. We can actually remove obstacles of thoughts and stories that no longer serve us. The work of Byron Katie can be a huge support in understanding how our thoughts impact us. Her work, which she actually calls the work and is available on thework.com. 
She has a series of four questions and what she calls the turnaround to help us experience the opposite of what we believe. Her four questions that you can ask yourself at any about any thought or story are, one, is it true? Two, can you absolutely know it's true? Three, how do you react and what happens when you believe that thought? And four, who would you be without that thought? Her work, again, which is available online in a video format and written, can be incredibly powerful in understanding how the thoughts we have impact our state of being. Now, new th- now, thoughts and stories aren't bad in and of themselves. They're a natural way that we make sense of the world. When we want to start to understand where there's opportunity for growth, however, this is a place we can start. We can look to the stories that we all tell about ourselves, both to ourselves and to others. There are several types of different types of stories. Here, we're offering a distinction between generative stories and limiting stories. Generative stories are the ones that create possibilities, whereas limiting stories close them down. And we can actually have a practice of paying attention to the stories we tell ourselves and asking the question, does this story open possibilities for me or does it close it down? So what's an example of a limiting story? I'll share a personal example here. One of my core limiting stories is that I only have value if everyone likes what I do and what I say. As a result of that story, I've lived a great deal of my life avoiding conflict and staying small. In fact, if I would have stayed in that story, there would be no way that I could have created this inner force process and put it out into the world. Because inevitably, somebody wouldn't like it. And then, according to my story, I wouldn't have value. If my value is tied to everyone liking what I say or do, it's a non-starter for creativity and innovation. I'm essentially abandoning myself right there. In order to put something like this out into the world, I have to step out from behind the story and tap into a much deeper part of myself that knows that I have value no matter what people say. And so a question that you can ponder as we go through today is, is there a story that you're in now that may not be supportive of what you want to accomplish? I'd like to bring in a quick excerpt from David White's audio CD, A Great Invitation. David, of course, is an incredible writer and speaks beautifully. This excerpt is from his title called Our Relationship with Silence. For some quick context, he talks about a time when he was traveling alone in Paris that helped him create a whole new creative process by seeing the story he was telling himself and finding a way out of it. He was having a challenge because two things in his life were colliding. The work that he wanted to do in the world required travel, and he also wanted to write more. Quote, this story that I told myself is that you need this silent, spacious time to write with doors closed. And it had been a very good story to me. But I asked, what if that story isn't true anymore? What if you could write wherever you wanted to now? That that story was true at one time, and it was a good story too, because it was true. But now it's seasonality and time was over, and it was actually imprisoning you. So what if you could just start writing? He goes on to explain that he started writing everywhere, 
all throughout his travels, and it started a new time of creativity for him. We would, we're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be back to hear about the cycle of change and how it works. We'll discuss a framework from New Ventures West that can help us understand what has us manifest the change we want or stay the same. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. In this segment, we're going to dive into a framework that can help us understand what has us manifest the change we want or stay the same. This framework is from the Integral Coaching Method created by New Ventures West. Integral Coaching is the method I've been trained in, as well as our guest, Judy, Julie Engel, who is a faculty member there. And she'll be joining us in our next segment of the show. Before we dive into the framework, let's talk briefly about what New Ventures West is and the integral coaching method. New Ventures West is one of the oldest and most well-respected coaching schools in the world, dedicated to helping students express their unique calling and making an authentic contribution to life. Steeped in wisdom from philosophy to neurobiology to somatics and beyond, the integral coaching method is an alive, dynamic way of bringing about lasting change in self and others. 
In addition to their Integral Coach Certification Program, New Ventures West offers a variety of personal and professional development classes. And New Ventures West describes Integral Coaching as an ongoing, evolving methodology intended to be the most comprehensive response to human life. Integral Coaching includes everything about the client and the client's world in the work. And in both my personal experience of going through the coaching certification process, as well as applying the integral coaching methodology with clients, repeatedly what I see happen is that we not only address the issue that the client is bringing initially, but so much more evolves and unfolds because of the holistic approach that we take to the system, the ecosystem that the client is in. It's incredibly powerful work, and I can't say enough about how it's changed my life. So, in integral coaching, we're including the client's thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and mood. It also includes the physical body and the client's practices to fuel his or her body. And it includes the physical and social environments that the client lives in. So the key to creating change that we want to manifest is to pay attention to the cycle. And in this framework, we'll learn that the way we stay the same and the way we change are the exact same process. So as I talk through this, you can envision a circle. It starts out at the top where we act in certain ways. These are our habits. The practices we engage in turn us into the kind of person that we are, our commitments, values, reactions, the people in our lives, our belongings, and our natural and normal comfortable reactions to everything. And because of these things, we pay attention to certain things. That's the what that shows up for us. And because we pay attention to certain things, we act in certain ways. And the circle goes round and round. So how do we intervene? The integral coaching method suggests there's four ways. The first is through awareness, self-reflection, and noticing what we are actually paying attention to. Two is engaging in new practices, that the practices we engage in have us become the kind of person that we are. And we're going to talk about both these points today. The third is a relationship to hold us in the new behavior, someone who can support us with objectivity, and we'll speak a little bit about that as well. And then four, knowing that it isn't a matter of making up our mind to change, but it's actually doing the practices, which brings change into being. And again, this framework is from the team at New Ventures West. When we think about the model of change that we just introduced, The things that we pay attention to and name as just the way things are can turn into stories that may actually be getting in our way. In the framework of the cycle of change, the certain things that we pay attention to, that part of it that shapes our view of the world, that's what New Ventures West refers to as the structure of interpretation. So I'm going to break that down for a second. What does that mean? Simply said, The structure of interpretation is what I focus on. It's the lens through which we see the world, and most of us take it to be fact. All of the information we take in from ourselves and others comes in through this particular structure, 
which is developed from our family of origin, our history of experiences, the way we were educated, the culture that we live in, all of which going through that structure then creates our behavior. And our behavior, the things that we choose to do and how we talk about it, the language that we use, which we're calling our habits, drives the, quote, kind of person that we are. And in this stance, who I take myself to be creates a certain set of results in the world. So we can actually ask ourselves in an inquiry, what is the lens that I see the world through? And how is this lens actually determining the results that I'm getting in my life? So one way that a lens can manifest is through the form of certain identities or a set of them. It can be very common that the way that we know ourselves in the world is actually through our labels. For example, with myself, I'm a woman, I'm a daughter, I'm a businesswoman, I'm a mom. Those are all titles I have personally become identified with. And what happens when we decide to make a change that has us put down one of those labels? When we're over-identified with the label, it can cause an earthquake. Why? Because if we take ourselves to be, be that label, for example, of corporate businesswoman, when I leave my job to become a mom and an entrepreneur, my sense of self got completely altered. It's an earthquake. So although these may be factual labels, they're actually not what defines us. They are not us at our core. They are simply a label or an identity. And we can begin to know ourselves as so much more than these identities. We can begin to know and live from a deeper part of ourself, what we're calling our inner force. When we start to see our structure of interpretation and our habitual patterns, this is ground zero for beginning of change to unfold. Sharon Salzberg in her recent book, Real Love, says it this way, quote, identifying our thoughts, emotions, and habitual patterns of behavior is the key to freedom and transformation. And that's what we all want, right, is a little bit more freedom. And that's what this inner force process can help us create is inner freedom. We can develop our awareness of what we typically choose or how we typically react in various kinds of situations. Now, mindfulness and meditation is an incredibly powerful tool for this piece of the puzzle because it helps to create the observer. And we'll talk about this more in a couple weeks. We can also use self-reflection to reflect on the language that we're using. For example, if you hear yourself saying, quote, I'm the kind of person that, you may have a story there to look into. Once we have begun to see our habitual patterns, we then can make a conscious choice. We can choose to go with our old habits or we can choose to do something different. When we know what we would typically, how we would typically respond in any given situation, we can begin to ask ourselves, what's the other option for me here? When we can see a different option, we can then make a different choice. And this is the path to change. We get to know our habitual inclinations and then we begin to do the opposite. I'd like to bring in the work of Dan Siegel, who's a giant in the space of personal transformation. 
He is a clinical professor of psychiatry at the UCLA Med School, is the co-founder, uh, founding co-director, excuse me, of the UCLA Mindful Awareness Research Center, and is the executive director of the Mindsight Institute. He has written several books on how our mind works and helpful applications of that knowledge to life and parenting. In his book, Mindsight, he points to several notions that are in support of cultivating reflection as a skill, which we'll talk more about today. He defines Mindsight as, quote, clear seeing and calls it our seventh sense. And he describes it in this way. He says, the focusing skills that are a part of Mindsight make it possible to see what is inside, to accept it, and in the accepting to let it go and finally to transform it. He talks about the key components of reflection as openness, observation, and objectivity. And he goes on to say that, quote, reflection requires an attunement to the self that is supportive and kind, not a judgmental stance of interrogation and degradation. Reflection is a compassionate state of mind, end quote. And this is such an important call-up for this work. We'll talk about how self-reflection as a practice we can use to support our growth later in the show. He also talks about the importance of our connection to ourselves. And in reflection in that process, Dan says it this way, which I love. Before we can reconnect with others, we need to be sure that we are connected with ourselves. In referencing his own experience, he says, I need to check in with the essential components of my mental life to reflect on my internal sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts. This reflection is like reviewing a checklist before you leave the house. (laughs) How different the world would be if we all were doing that every day. Before we go to break, here's a relevant poem by psychiatrist R.D. Lang. He says, the range of what we think and do is limited by what we fail to notice. And because we fail to notice that we fail to notice, there is little we can do to change until we notice how failing to notice shapes our thoughts and deeds. To me, that sums up today's uh, topic pretty well. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back for our New Ventures West segment, in which we'll speak to Julie Engel, faculty member of New Ventures West, who will share her expertise on today's topic. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. 
a three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at FuelInnerForce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, in our new Ventures West segment, we are super fortunate to have Judy Engel with us. Julie has three decades of experience as an executive coach, organizational development consultant, facilitator, and trainer. She is a member of the New Ventures West faculty, teaching the principles of integral coaching to individuals across the world. Julie, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And as you know, we're talking about the cycle of change and the power of practices, which you, of course, teach in your role as a faculty member all the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought perhaps we could speak to the notion of distinctions and why they matter as it relates to our ability to observe ourselves and our world. And I'm recalling the question that you raised in our initial conversation a few weeks ago, which was around what kind of an observer are you? Mm-hmm. All right. So you want me to talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah, I'd love for you to jump um, in on with a yeah. few examples, maybe. Sure. We had talked about sure. the, some distinctions. Yeah. So I think one of the things that's really important is that we're always observing. So we're always observing in some particular kind of way. But my experiences with myself and with people that I work with is that we don't actually get that we're observing in some way. We think we're just seeing things the way they are. And so, um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm just thinking, I just returned from two weeks in India. And one of the things that, was true for me that it was incredibly intense. 
And I think of all the places that I visited, and I visited many places, it felt the most intense and the most like another world. And so um, one of the things that I noticed at some point pretty early on was my tendency to be um, observing what was around me, which is many contrasts in wealth and poverty, tons and tons of people, lots of noise, cows on the streets in the city, um, vibrant color, was my tendency to be interpreting it or to be observing it through my American lens, my Western American lens. Yes, of course. See um, women, just most women were in what I would call traditional dress. They were wearing saris and sambars and um, colorful, and that I could notice how, quote, unusual that looked to me. Mm -hmm. And it had me begin to wonder, what would it be like to be able to meet this culture on its own terms without filtering it through my American way of viewing it, which is, oh, this is so strange or how exotic or that kind of thing. You know, in a world where what I was seeing is quite ordinary for the people who live in it, my way of observing it was that it was exotic and different. You? Yeah. So, it, was, um, so it, it really put my face right in it. And it, yes. it's true in the everyday. You know, we, um, when we, I think you've talked about the idea of people um, taking a, a perspective on themselves that they are other than or more than their personality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that I would say one of, the, one of the kinds of observers we are is that we are, I am my personality. Right. You know, that's who I am. I'm this kind of person, and this is what I like, and this is what I don't like, and I you know, am artistic, and I'm not scientific or math-inclined, and you know, that's how I know myself. Well, that's being a certain kind of observer. What if we actually step into the possibility of, I am much more than that? What if there are some particular um, qualities that I embody, like kindness or generosity or intelligence, and I identify with those qualities versus my personality? Yeah, so absolutely. That's, you know, that's, I think that's one of the ways, or you know, when I'm working with, with clients, often I'll say, you know, Consciously, what would it be like to consciously shift the kind of observer you are to be observing for those positive qualities in other people? Yeah. How would that change the world? <laughs> exactly. And in a massive way. For people. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. profound for people. They begin to listen and pay attention in a way that's very new and sometimes quite hard initially, but it is a sort of muscle that they begin to cultivate. It sure is. And and we're talking, you know, today a little bit about this whole process. And thank you for bringing in your India trip. Wow, that is just a beautiful example of what we've been talking about today. Um, and around, you know, the reflections that we can start to have, the observations that we can start to have across mm-hmm. the three centers of our body, our head, our mm-hmm. heart, and our body. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious if you would talk a little bit about how we can start to pay attention to those and incorporate those into practices. Sure, sure. Um, so I think 
the first thing is when you're considering taking up a practice, it's important to ask the question, well, how come I'm doing this? What makes this important? So let me give you an example here. When I was beginning to train as a coach several decades ago, um, I was doing a coaching demo and the person who was observing me um, after we were done debriefed and she said to me, she goes, Julie, um, can you remember where you were sitting in your chair? And I thought about it and I sort of demonstrated, which is I was leaning forward, sitting on the edge of my chair up close to the client you know, that I was working with. And she goes, so like, just take a second. What do you think the impact of that is? And the first thing I said was, well, I'm really engaged with them. She goes, yes, I get that. She goes, but what do you think it might be like for them? And I had to actually stop and think. I said, well, for some people, they may really like that kind of intense engagement. And for some people, it might actually feel suffocating. They might feel really crowded in and intruded upon. Yeah. And so it began for me, my being an observer of my tendency to pull for intensity. Like intense is good. Like I'm, I had never noticed that before, that I pull, at least historically, to pull towards something being intense without noticing I was doing that. And so it began a pra- uh, an, uh, an inquiry for me of where am I pulling for intensity or where am I applying more effort than I really need to in a given situation? And for me, what made it matter was that the kind of work that I was committed to doing with people made it important that I be able to moderate my way of being with them rather than just go to my default. Right. So I think that's the first thing is when people are thinking about a practice, this sense of, what, what makes it important and how important is it on a scale from 1 to 10? And if it's not up there like 7, 8, 9, 10, you're probably not going to stick with the practice because it's not meaningful enough. Right. So I think that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is to keep it simple. So I began this investigation of practicing, reflecting each day on where did I go for intensity or apply more effort or energy than was really necessary. And it was amazing. I noticed when I held my toothbrush, I had like a battery operated toothbrush. (laughs) And well, and so this was my practice is noticing this intensity, right? And I literally, I remember facing the mirror, looking at my hand and then looking at the mirror again and saying, what is up with this grip? Yeah, I was gripping the toothbrush really hard, and it was the kind of toothbrush where you really almost don't have to hold it. Yeah. And so I began, that led me to a practice of literally loosening my grip, which was a somatic or physical practice, but it was an important one because intensity shows up so physically for me. Absolutely. And so... So that was a really simple everyday practice where I could say, okay, loosen the grip, loosen the grip, and to notice the effect on me. And I could notice it everywhere, and there were many opportunities, like how am I holding my pen? And the fact that I always would use, like, the 
the boldest, you know, tip? Or how am I holding the sponge as I wipe the counter? Mm-hmm. So it opened up a whole world. So I, th- I think so. The principle here is keep it really simple. Yeah, something you can integrate into your everyday life rather than something that's going to be really disruptive, at least initially. Absolutely, I think that's such um, wise wise counsel. And such a beautiful example of how you incorporated it into all different ways. And I, I think that's true is that when we can start to feel it somatically, that when we feel it in our body and that grip on the toothbrush and the grip on the pen, um, it, it all of a sudden it starts to register in us differently, I think, as mm-hmm. we start to move through it, at least in my own experience, because once you start to feel that somatically on the toothbrush, then you do feel it on the pen and on the steering wheel and on the right. sponge or whatever. You start to feel it everywhere. Exactly. And so, you and know, one thought, we only have a minute left, actually, which is just oh so not enough time. Um, <laughs> but, what, yeah. Um, but one of the things I wanted to just bring in on this topic is that we, when we start to look and see these habitual patterns that we have or the ways that we um, show up, we can, st- it, the idea of bringing in compassion feels important mm-hmm. because yep. this can be really hard work. Yep. Yeah, I, no, I agree. In fact, what I was thinking just before you said this was there's um, being able to look at that grip I have, not with a shaming, reprimanding right. perspective, but with a, oh my goodness, like a sense of softness to myself. Yes, yes, to I see, love that. Um, you know, to see like what's the cost of all that extra energy. Yeah, absolutely. There's a huge cost. And we're going to talk about that as the shows go on. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Unfortunately, we've got to take a break and we will be back to introduce our practice of the week and talk about how we take this out into our work and our lives. Thanks again, Julie. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Take care. And, And thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is Interforce with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Interforce. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Interforce. We're talking today about the cycle of change and the power of introducing new practices. We want to approach this work of the inner force process with the three C's. First, courage to try it in the first place. Curiosity to learn about your inner experience. And third, compassion to be kind to yourself no matter what you find. And that's what we were just talking about with Julie. Whatever we focus on expands And this is why adding new practices can help bring about the change that we want to make. So let's talk about taking this out into life and introduce our inner force practice of the week. Last week, we introduced the practice of having a two-minute one-on-one meeting with ourselves to take 10 conscious breaths and then ask ourselves a question. And we'd love to hear any feedback you have on how that went. And you can email us at info at fuelinterforce.com. Now, this week, we're going to keep that same framework of the one-on-one meeting and add in new self-reflection questions in uh, conjunction with the topic of this week. And as a reminder, the idea of the one-on-one meeting is similar how you would connect with a member of your team or even your boss it's a time where you and the other person connect and, and check in. And basically, we're taking that idea turned in towards ourselves. And so we're going to have that one-on-one meeting. You can do it daily whenever it works for you. And the idea is, again, to connect to your breath, inhale and exhale, just 10 times. That's about a minute. And then to ask yourself some new uh, questions, which are centered around self-reflection and the topic of this week. So the first question is, what story am I telling myself, to myself and to others? So what story am I telling about myself, to myself and or to others? Second is, is that story generative for me, meaning it creates possibilities? Or is that story limiting me in some way? meaning that it decreases possibilities. The summary of the practice and some tricks are is up on our website, fuelinnerforce.com, for you to download. Now, let's zoom out for a second and get super tactical, actually. Um, 
Because whatever new practice we're wanting to take up, whether it's this practice or any other in our life, we want to do what we can to help ourselves actually do the thing that we're setting out to do. As we know, that's what creates the change, what we talked about earlier today. So when we look at habit research, and you can check out the book Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, shows us that we are most successful in creating new habits when there are three things in place. One, a cue, which is a reminder to do the new habit. Two, a routine, which is a simple process that you always do. And three, a reward, which doesn't need to be a piece of chocolate, could just be simply recalling the benefit you see from doing it. And I think that's exactly what Julie was referencing in our earlier segment, that in order to make a practice stick, we have to understand um, why it's important to us and how it's going to support us. So when we talk about a cue, what's that? That's the idea of putting it in your calendar or creating some other type of reminder for yourself. I'm personally playing with the Mind Jogger app, which I am really loving to incorporate reminders that I want to have throughout my day. We also know from our coaching work that clients are often more successful in taking up something new when they attach it to something they already do. Last week, I gave the example of doing my one-on-one meeting while the coffee brews. That's my current time for it. Um, And then we need to create a routine around it. That's the second point on the habit, on creating habits that stick. So what does it mean to create a routine? We can choose a time and we can choose a place and we can choose a length. And, you know, this is a simple um, task that we're uh, inviting here. And it can be even two minutes or max five minutes. So, you know, and the other piece is that we're asking you to write some in response to these questions. And if you love to write, that's terrific, right away. But if writing is hard for you, then all we're asking is to just jot down a few bullet points just to have you capture some thoughts. Now, what gets in the way? Well, tons of things get in the way. Tons, tons, tons. If they didn't, it'd be super easy to incorporate new habits. So what happens? We'll forget. We'll be too tired. We'll have other things that are way more important. We'll get involved in some sort of a fire drill, and all of this is okay. And we also know that creating the change we want requires doing something different. And so, you know, that reminding ourselves to do it is one of the biggest barriers. Figure out what will help you. Is it a post-it in a visible place? It is a reminder on your phone. What will help you the most? And also to forgive ourselves when we forget and just start again the next time. The other piece that was brought in in the framework on the cycle of change was around support. And when we decide to take up something small or even to make some big changes in our life, we can really benefit from support. So in the cycle of change that we talked about earlier, it requires an intervention. And one of those key interventions can be having a relationship that holds you in the new behavior meaning someone who can support us with objectivity. And look, it's terrific if we can find somebody in our life who's up to the task of supporting us in an objective way. And this is worth putting some thought to because 
the part about support with objectivity is super important. What do we mean by that? We mean someone who can put his or her own views and lens aside in order to support you in what you want to accomplish. Meaning that he or she can support you without commentary on how you should or shouldn't do it. And who is able to hold what I'll call a clean space. And you know, often we need to request this from people and be clear about what we need. So I just need you to listen to me for a few minutes. I don't need you to fix it or solve it. I just need to uh, be able to speak about it for a bit. So stepping into the practice of self-reflection really inquire and inquiring into our stories can be difficult ter- to territory to step into and someone to support us along the way can be super helpful. Now, I'd like to leave you with a couple of quotes. The first is from the founder of New Ventures West, James Flaherty, who says, the practices we engage in shape our nervous system. And Carl Jung, who said, I'm not what has happened to me. I am what I choose to become. So the invitation this week is what practices can you choose that will shape your nervous system and have you unfold into who you choose to become? The Inner Force Invitation is about creating a set of practices that enable us to connect to our inner force, the me beyond my limiting stories and my old habits, and to create fuel for ourselves along the way. That concludes today's show. Tuned in next week when we'll talk about the power of awareness of our physical body and we'll learn how increasing our awareness of our body fuels our inner force and everything we do. We'll have guest Sahar Azarabadi joining us who brings her expertise from the leadership embodiment work. Join us here next week on the Voice of America Business Channel on Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Thanks so much for joining. I look forward to being with you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Inner Force. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Inner Force. Connect. Ignite. Rise. 